What's going on? You're listening to In The Pocket Podcast with me, James Morgan. It's just me alone this week. Uh, my co-host, Marley McKen, couldn't be with us. But hopefully he'll be back next week. But yeah, I just thought I'd crack on anyway and talk about the, the fights that happened this week. There were some pretty good fights, some relatively controversial moments. So I thought it might be worth going through them um, and just, you know, keeping the momentum going with our podcast. Um, so let's start with the the Anthony Yard and Arthur fight. I thought that was an interesting matchup on paper. Uh, I, I I thought it would be interesting to see how how Arthur did against someone of Yard's ability. I thought it would be interesting to see how Yard would do after you know the Kovalev fight. Um, to see how he would fare against someone on paper who you know isn't really hasn't fought at the same level as Yard with respect to Kovalev. Um, hasn't had the the fanfare and the hype that Yard's had um, and isn't, you know, probably as talented as Anthony Yard. Um, so I thought it would be a really interesting matchup on paper and it kind of turned out that way. Obviously, Yard, you know, came away with a loss and Arthur boxed, you know, quite well on the back foot. He boxed quite long range. Um, he didn't really do a great deal other than for his jab. And he says, you know, after the fight, that was because he because Yard was too good, his defense was too good, and all the rest of it. And then a day later on IF, on IFL TV, I saw him say that it was because he was injured. So, you know, I'm a little bit unsure as to what actually happened there. But either way, he didn't throw his right hand hardly ever in the fight, and he still managed to sort of eke out a win. I think that probably says more about Anthony Yard than it does about Arthur. I think Arthur, as I said, boxed well, but really Yard was. It was Yard's fight to lose because I think that as soon as he sort of piled the pressure on to Arthur in in spurts in the fight, particularly in the last round, you saw the effects. You know, Arthur was wobbled. He was kind of unsure. And I always just felt watching the fight that as as soon as Yard sort of puts his foot on the gas, he could get Arthur out of there. I, I always felt that, but it just never came. It was one of those, you know, it was one of those things that just never happened, and and, and there's going to have to be a major post mortem for Anthony Yard because obviously it's you know it's a huge setback. We're kind of living in that era of fighters almost being scared to take a loss, even though he'd already lost to Kovalev. They kind of put that down to I could I could see and tell psychologically that they were putting that down to he fought someone that was way above where he was at that particular time, so we'll take that as a learning loss. I know he didn't expect to lose to Arthur. I'd be surprised if Arthur really expected to beat him, um, even though he said he did. Uh, you know, I, I'd be surprised if he thought he was going to, because sometimes I do feel there's like an inevitability about fights. Um, I think if you take, for example, the Saunders and Murray fight, which was obviously a lot more of a sort of dodgy matchup. You know, there was very little chance Martin Murray was going to win. But I just feel that, you know, I, I thought most observers assumed Yard would win. And... Yeah, again, you know, another one of Frank Warren's cash cows fall short, you know, in one week after the other. But yeah, just to go back to the post-fight scenario as well, I felt that Anthony Yard was really um, disrespectful and, and distasteful. Um, yes, emotions are high and all the rest of it, but I still feel that he would have probably lost more fans and more respect from people for the way that he acted after the fight. He he sort of gave Arthur some backhanded compliments, but, you know, I think that's really an insight into the mind of a fighter 
how they behave after a loss, even if the loss was unfair. I think that, you know, obviously Yard believed he won. I personally believe that there is a case to say that he won. Um, but I definitely don't think it was a robbery. I think it's just one of those... Boxing kind of goes three ways. You know, someone gets knocked out, someone wins clearly on points, or there's a really close decision. And the close decisions, I always figured out, you know, when I was fighting, I always figured that the close decisions are just something that you never really... They could have just gone either way. It's such a subjective sport, and I wish that there was some more effective way of judging who wins a fight. And I think, you know, one day there will be. I think one day technology will be able to sort of, you know, go a little bit further than CompuBox and come up with a much more sort of definitive way of judging fights. But in cases like the one we saw on Saturday, it really could have gone either way. Lots of judges had it in different ways. Lots of sort of ringside observers, particularly the commentators, had it in different ways. I think it was just one of those fights. But yeah, all in all, I think that... um Yard can probably come back from this. I think the rematch would be great. It would be great in front of a, a huge crowd. I mean, it was exactly the kind of fight that needed a crowd. And I think, you know, both men would have given a lot more. And we probably would have saw a knockout if there was a, you know, if it was, if there was a crowd there. But yeah, no, it was a good fight. And I think, I, I mean, I don't want to say the right man won. Um, because I do think it was really, really close. But I think... I'm certainly not complaining about the decision. It's just a fight that needs a rematch, and, and that's that. So what else happened this weekend? So there was also Saunders and Murray, which you know I kind of really don't want to speak about because it was boring, quite frankly. And I say this as somebody who is, you know, is a boxing purist. I love watching quality boxers, um, skillful boxers. But I just thought that, you know, it was a kind of the same old performance from Billy Joe. He was always going to win that fight. Um, Martin, it was it was like a high-level spa, to be honest. Um, Murray was tough. Didn't really put up a great sort of... He didn't take the fight to Billy Joe. He just sort of took his punishment. He knew he wasn't going to win. Um, Billy Joe knew he was going to win pretty much from from early on. And, and that's that. And that's kind of been the story of Billy Joe's career, to be honest. Um, you know, he, he's out of the ring for a long period of time. He comes back, fights somebody that he's obviously better than, puts in a shift, job done, and then complains afterwards that he wasn't as fit and strong as he could have been or, or you know, whatever it is. It's kind of the same old script. Um, i got nothing against Billy Joe. I think the, the man is obviously a talented fighter, but I just think that he, if he wants those big fights, he's going to have to sort of perform in a way that makes people want to see him and and that's just the harsh reality of the sport in 2020 i mean it's been the harsh reality of the sport ever since i've been sort of involved in the game and it's never been something that i particularly liked i think that you know skillful exponents of the sport should get more limelight and respect but i think billy joe's in one of those situations where he's too good for his own good he's awkward enough and skillful enough that he can win titles but he isn't exciting enough for someone like Canelo to want to be in there with him because he's too risky he could stink the whole place out for 12 rounds and nick a sort of slim decision from Canelo and that's just not how guys like that want to they want they want a big money fight against someone that they could probably lose to but it's still a big money fight 
or they want guys that they can roll over. It's as simple as that. I also think that, you know, Martin Murray was probably someone that Billy Joe could have got out of there. And I think he kind of chose not to because he just, I think he's like a, quite a soft-hearted person. I know that sounds crazy to say, but I think he's quite a soft-hearted person. I think he didn't want to smash Murray up out of just pure respect, um, which is fair enough. But it's not going to get you the Canelo fight. It's not going to get you any big fights, really. Um, so, yeah, that was that. There's nothing really interesting to say about that one other than it was just what it was. Pretty obvious and expected victory for Billy Joe. The other interesting fight of the weekend was the Errol Spence and Danny Garcia fight, which was a really good fight for Spence to take coming back. You know, he could have fought anyone after his car crash. Um, but he chose to fight, you know, somebody at the top of their game. And it was a really good fight. I thought that Spence won the fight from his performance in the early rounds where he absolutely took the fight to Garcia. I thought that for for an aspiring Southpaw fighter, you know, Spence did a lot of things that you would want a good Southpaw to emulate. I mean, for any fighter, really. But it was his tactic of just sort of taking the fight to Garcia from, from, from the first moment. I thought that was really interesting, really clever. And it pretty much meant that in the last few rounds, he could kind of just coast because he'd done enough in the first eight or nine. And to be honest with you, Garcia didn't know what to do. He didn't really know what to do. Um, brilliant work from Spence on the inside. The jab was brilliant. The the left hand was... I mean, this guy's got everything. And I would probably say that he is pound for pound the best fighter at the moment. Yeah, I can't really... I mean, obviously, I would have said Lomachenko had he not been beaten by Teofimo Lopez. But yeah, I would I would say that Errol Spence right now, just on that performance, and obviously what he's done previously, is, is the best pound-for-pound pound fighter at the moment. Danny Garcia, you know, put up a brave effort, came on late in the fight. I thought that he was going to sort of step up the level, you know, after around eight or nine, and he did to some extent. He won a couple of rounds late on, but like I said, the, the hard work had already been done by Spence, and it was a pretty straightforward win in the end, a wide points decision. Um, so it'll be interesting to see who Spence fights next because obviously there's Terence Crawford at the weight, which would be an interesting matchup. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I think there's a chance that Spence takes a few easy fights uh, after this one. He certainly earned the right to, and he, like I said, he could have done so in in this fight. I think you know him coming back, getting the 12 rounds was part of the plan. To be honest, I think that it was actually a very clever thing to do, get the rounds in. You know, and maybe take a couple of easy fights where he can look good and then push for one of those huge fights maybe towards the end of 2021. What else did I see this weekend? There was a good little British fighter called Dennis, Dennis McCann. I think he's Irish, actually. I don't, I'm not sure if he's from Northern Ireland or the Republic, but he was a pretty good fighter. Nice, slick southpaw, lots of skills. Never heard of him before this. I'm not sure what his background was in the amateurs or anything like that, but I thought he was a really slick fighter. Um, gets caught a little bit. He's got a lot of work to do on his defense, but offensively and sort of in terms of his ring generalship and skills, got a lot of potential. Definitely got a lot of potential. Um, so look out for him. And really, what what's coming up this week? It's AJ Pulev, um, which will be an interesting fight, but I think it's one of those that I fully expect AJ to win. I think they've learned their lesson after the Ruiz fight. We don't really want to give him any live opponents because at the end of the day, if he loses again or looks shaky again, it's going to put the Fury fight in jeopardy. I think nobody wants Wilder and I think it's 
good for them that Wilder's been sort of moved off the scene because I think that Wilder causes Joshua a lot of problems. I think that, you know, Joshua beats him, but I think the fear of that big bombing right hand would make a very interesting fight because I think Joshua does fight scared. Um, and that's to his benefit because obviously, you know, you fight when you fight scared, you're a little bit sharper. But I think in that fight, he would fight very scared. And I think if he got tagged, it could be a huge problem for him. So, they, you know, they're not trying to have the wilder fight. What they're looking to do is get in fights like this against Pulev, who's a sort of tough opponent, but he doesn't stand any chance of winning unless he lands like a, you know, a haymaker. Um, and yeah, they're looking to cash out with the Fury fight, which I personally can't see happening anytime soon. I mean, it's great news that the vaccine, the COVID-19 vaccine is on its way out and it's being rolled out. And maybe we can look to that fight at the end of 2021, beginning of 2022. Um, not sure. I mean, it all depends on the situation with fans. A fight like that obviously needs lots and lots of fans coming through the door. I can't see it being in the UK because I just think there's way more money to be made in the United Arab Emirates. Um, and I think that they should go for the money. I think there's way more money to be made in the USA. So, I, I mean, I really can't see it in the UK, but who knows? You know, at the same time, Wembley Stadium for that fight would be, would be you know, amazing. Uh, White Hart Lane for that fight would be absolutely amazing so that you know we'll see how that goes but yeah as for this weekend I expect a stoppage uh, late stoppage maybe or a 12 round decision it might be good for him to get the 12 rounds in to be honest um, but yeah it, I think it's going to be a pretty signed sealed and delivered performance and that's really it for this week um, it's a really short episode because obviously as I said there's no Marley with me but hopefully he'll be back next week when we will be talking about the AJ Pulev fight and the Shakur Stevenson fight, which is also taking place in the US this weekend. So look forward to speaking with you then. Take care.